Hi, and welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Witchcraft with Tyron. I'm your host, Tyron, as usual, because nothing's changed. Um, I'm going to ask you to grab your wand, cast a circle, and stay grounded, because I'm about to rock your world. Grab some tea or coffee. Well, actually, no. Grab your libation, because you are divine, and you need something to sip on while... While I'm talking to this very special guest of mine, it is none other than the Pythian Priestess. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Pythian Priestess. Uh, You can find me on TikTok or Instagram, and it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you again. Um, It is absolutely no problem. Um, I just want to apologize if I like wince or something because... I'm pretty sure I'm getting kidney stones and my kidneys are very sore. So if I say something like, ouch, or something, just excuse that. Okay, so I wrote down the questions. Um, I usually start every time I have a a guest on the show, I start with the question, how did you get started in your craft? it started... When I was 14, before then, I had been raised in a very, like, austere Catholic family. So magic and religion have always been, like, a very big part of my life. But when I turned 14, I was dating a black magician. Um, Not a good one, I should add. Um, I actually was cursed for most of high school uh, and didn't know it. Um, And so, like, that really led me into discovering more about the occult and understanding this mysterious world because I constantly throughout my life was trying to find something and I looked for it in literature, I looked for it in philosophy, I looked for it in theology and it wasn't until I studied esotericism that I really found what I was looking for. Wow, that is better than most of the origin stories I've heard because most of the, most of the time people are like, yeah, I've always had a draw a, I've always been drawn to drawn okay. to the occult, sorry, still nervous. So um I've always been drawn to the occult and you know, they always say like I've had experiences when I was younger and I'm one of those people. So when I was I think about like 6, we stayed in well, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a haunted house. Um, that was the first time I remember actually staying in a house, a house that was bought, not rented. So when we first moved in, moved in, everything felt strange. And then a while after, like nothing happened, but I remember having weird dreams. I can't remember what they were about, but I just remember they were, they were weird. So... My mom told me a story once she was coming to my room and my room, you had the way to get to my room is you had to go through the living room and then the kitchen. That was the way to the bedrooms. So like most of the kitchens here in South Africa, they have a back door. And she felt as she was walking to my room past the back door, she felt two hands grab her by her shoulders and like force her out of the door. So something was weird and then after a while my stepdad at the time he did some research and well not research like more research into the house and the house was like tiled so under the t- 
under the tiles, he found like a trap door to a cellar, not a basement, a cellar. And as soon as he opened the, the trap door, I immediately felt this, I don't know what I would call it, but it was, it was very mm-hmm. strange and it felt uncomfortable. So obviously was, there was no lights down, um, down in the cellar. You had to use like candles or your, your flashlight. And when he opened the door, like after I told him I had this weird feeling, he told me to go to my room and then he went down and nothing happened. But then that night I over I overheard him talking to my mom and he said he also felt he also felt something strange down down there. And he's he was Christian. He well, he is Christian. He's like, pray before you go to bre- bed, pray before you eat. Like the one of the most mm-hmm. Christian people you can get. So after that it was it was really freaky. And then my mom, she worked at a place, uh, an accounting place place and at the back there was a psychic or like a medium or something um she my mom paid her obviously to come to the house and you know like cleanse it and even she couldn't get even she couldn't get it out well whatever it was in the house so shortly after that we moved out and that was the first time that I you know knew that something yeah that's a really crazy experience I Oof. can't get something out means it's it's really stuck Oof. yeah no it was it was heavy firstly i'm going to ask you do you um, have a cup of I tea or coffee i have a cup of water that i can make tea in <laughs> no it's okay oh i forgot it's oh I forgot about the seasons. Yeah, opposite ends of the world, you know. (laughs) Funny. No, we are uh, thousands of miles apart. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to do a Zoom, and then I couldn't figure out how to record audio because firstly, I wanted to start a YouTube channel, and then I thought, no, don't have the equipment for that, and because my phone's giving me the trouble, it is definitely can't doing can't do anything on there so you know we'll have to wait um so i'm pretty sure you get tired of hearing this question but what advice would you give to Um, a beginner it's one of those questions that it's like it's so tailored to the specific person because everyone has a unique understanding and a unique experience but what i always recommend um is always take time and see what you want to learn what are you interested in? Because the occult is so varied. There are so many different factions that it's hard to know where to dive in. So if you're interested in candle magic, you want to study herbs first, and then you need to study sigils. If you want to study runes, you need to study the history of the runes. Um, and I, I always recommend starting with the basics of learning how to cast protection, how to... Um, I mean, people call it opening a circle. That's really a slang term from Wicca. You're opening a space of protection, learning how to cleanse. Those are the basic things you need to know how to do. And then the rest of it's really up to you. The path is not one that is so clearly defined, but it is unique to each person. That is definitely one of the better pieces of advice I've heard in 
in my entire two years of learning, because most of the time people are like, you know, research. And they never say research what you want. They say, start with the the absolute basics. But I've, I never heard, I never hear something like, find something you're interested in and interested in. Yeah, I mean, that's how down I did the rabbit it. Hole. And that's how I know so many things. Um, just spending a lot of time looking into things that I'm interested in. And it's not a school course. There isn't like a, a 101 or, or beginner, like what I teach on mystery school, I teach the basics of what I think is important. But ultimately, I, I always want people to explore because it is your own personal journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, on the topic of, you know, school, what made you and your co-host of Mystery well, School we tried start doing a Patreon? it through TikTok at first, and it just turned out to be very... People weren't being serious. They were frustrated that we were, you know, we teach at a, again, a beginner level. But the the rudeness on TikTok from people who didn't want to learn and the hate that we received, I just decided like, you know what, this is, this is not the place for us. Um, we need to think of a better space, a safer space for people to learn and ask questions without being attacked for being quote stupid. Um, and it's mystery school is something that has been in my head for a very long time, like having a mystery a, a, so mysteries explain like the f way the universe works and to have a school in which we could study these things like esotericism without judgment uh, has been lost in the last 100 years we really haven't seen anything since theosophy and helenet batlatsky so for me it was just a natural progression to find a place where I, I could teach safely where the content wouldn't just be open to the public. That was like my big thing because uh, this information you need to be serious with and you need to be careful with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, oh, damn, I for, forgot the question I wanted to ask. Okay, so mm -hmm. just slightly off topic. Um, earlier, and by earlier, I mean, I mean, like two hours ago, I found, well, you know, the, I forgot his name. You did a reaction to him on your demon uh, possession video. Look on my TikTok. I did a reaction video. Let's see to his. Oh, oh, Jahanam. Yes. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, so he posted a video on Instagram about Ezekiel 20, verse 20, 25, and I have 26. Have video, you seen the video? Um, but I am going to Google the Ezekiel passage right now, just so I am up to date for with you. Ezekiel 28, 6, you said? It is. Yeah, uh, Ezekiel 20, Ezekiel. verse 25 and 26. Okay, I have it in front of me. Let's take a look. Ah, okay. All right. So, you know, I was thinking about that earlier, and I, I, I'm sitting in my bed, and I'm like, so Christians, specifically the angry-ass Christians you get, they're like, yeah, witchcraft and Satanism is bad. And I just sit there like, okay, but wasn't it your God that told people to kill lambs 
and smear their blood on the roof on above their door or else they would kill the firstborn yeah, of their family. That did happen. Um, I have a lot of opinions related to the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In particular, the Old Testament, first of all, let's just the Bible is a library. Each book has been written in a different time period by different people. There was no consensus. This was done by Constantinople the 1st in 326 AD. 300 years after Jesus died and it was created this way because the Catholic Church wanted to have like a very specific doctrines to to lay off of and I think that there is a it's related specifically to your question there's this huge misunderstanding that Christianity is not esoteric in any way in fact it's incredibly esoteric there are blood sacrifices and that is made both in the Old Testament and the New Testament so Ezekiel for example we have like uh, slaughtering the lambs and smearing their blood. We also have Abraham who was, quote, tested by God to kill his firstborn son, which is very traumatic. And then, of course, Jesus Christ himself is a blood sacrifice. So I think that there's been this miscommunication in the last however many hundred years in the Christian church that has tried to really isolate themselves saying, no, we are not like that at all. When in fact, you are more like witchcraft than you recognize. And it's very hard to communicate that to people who have, in my mind, been brainwashed. They've been indoctrinated since childhood, and they are fed a very specific list of beliefs, indoctrination, and dogma, that it's very hard for them to break free and, and think critically about other religions or other spiritual practices. On that note, I mean, I completely agree with you saying that all Christians, well, most of the religious people that follow mostly the Abrahamic religions, I agree with you saying that they've been brainwashed because they are. <laughs> I mean, there's no denying the fact. Um, uh, well, I was going to say, so I don't know. Well, there's a meme or that there was at least one circulating Instagram a while back on, you know, the witchcraft side saying that <laughs> a birthday, mm -hmm. a birthday, you know, a birthday party is, is witchcraft because candle oh. magic, you do it and you don't even realize, I mean, mm -hmm. you make a wish on the candle and you blow it out. There, there's literally no, no denying the fact that everybody practices witchcraft, ways, whether yes. they know it or not. Absolutely. I mean, So now that I think about protection, you spoke earlier, what is your favorite crystal? I'm, I'm giving you, an, a, you know, three choice. Um, favorite crystal for cleansing, for protection, and raising your vibration or the, so or the vibration of a space? My favorite protection stone is black tourlamine. Um, it's one of the strongest crystals to pull negativity literally out of the air, out of the energy. Um, I, I like the black one specifically. There are many different types. I used to have a necklace that I would wear around my heart chakra of black tourlamine to help for cleansing. I prefer selenite, like genuine selenite. 
there's some other crystals that pretend to be selenite. You have to be careful and make sure you know what you're buying. Um, it's very great at, I have one in front of, or right behind my protection jar at my front door, just in case like the protection jar misses anything that the selenite will suck it up and, and retrain it into something positive. And then, oh, go ahead. Oh. No, 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 I wasn't going to say anything. I was, oh, um, okay. the pain. I got uh, a sharp pain. My so. favorite to like raise the energy, my light goddess and my dark goddess both really like a, a stone called heliotrope, which is also known as bloodstone. It is one of the stronger stones that uses uh, to heighten intuition and creativity. It's also really powerful for healing. And this is because it's a combination of jasper and I'm going to try to pronounce this word chalondi, which is like two different colors. So you have the red and then the green. And according to Scott Cunningham, a combination of two colors like that um, is very, very powerful. That makes sense. I like the idea of your protection jar and selenite. I mean, mm -hmm. reinforced alarm system. Wow. I haven't, I haven't even thought of that. Um, if you wouldn't mind answering the question, what... How did you come to working with so, the Asset goddess is a, My first interaction with her was when I was 14, I was dating that black magician. And we were in a, like a, a big jewelry show, like one of those conventions. And uh, we went up to this table and it had a bunch of Egyptian art. And I saw her. I saw Mother Aset Isis with her giant wings. And I was like, that is really cool and I bought it and I'm like I don't know why I bought this this is just something I want what I didn't realize at the time is she was trying to protect me from that evil person but then but then I kind of like oh. I dropped off of it for a while I I wasn't ready to work with someone like her that is so powerful and so oh just all-encompassing in the best way possible so I worked with from the Hindu and for most of college helping me um, really get out of central Florida and moving to Los Angeles, which I did. And then when I got here, I had some experiences that tested me um, in my will, specifically leaving a bad relationship um, and leaving a fiance. And then almost immediately afterwards, I got a call from a very good friend of mine and he's like, Hey, what's going on in your life? Because I'm getting some spiritual messages from you. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I keep finding quarters everywhere. Like every day I'd find like a dollar in quarters. And, I'm, and he's like, well, that, that's really big money. Like someone wow. really big is trying to talk to you. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go meditate on it. And when I was doing that, I, I got the, the message and I called him back and I was like, is it the goddess of set? Do you think, do you think it's mother Isis? And he's like, yeah, I do. I, I think that fits like the, the, the description of the energy you're giving me. And I was like, why? I didn't do anything to deserve this. And then I was, I learned through working with her that it was really something that I have been doing for many lifetimes. And I was unaware at the time that I was on a road to priestesshood. That happened, 
I found out after the fact I had finished the test. That's what I was doing. I, I'm not going to go into the story because it is very trigger, trigger warning and includes suicide. But um, like after one. that, she's like, congratulations, you did the thing. He, and I was anointed in the astral. And I was like, oh, so all of this pain that I've been enduring for the last few years was on purpose. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's really it was a calling for me in particular. And I had some help figuring it out. Your stories never. <laughs> Thank you. They never cease to amaze me. Each story just gets better. I mean, just out of curiosity, what oh, is I'm your, a Pisces. Like, your I'm zodiac? very, very psychic. <laughs> and then I'm a Libra moon and a Leo rising. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yay, Pisces. I'm gang. a Pisces. And I'm, I think, rising as a Gemini and... My, wait, my sun is a Pisces, my moon is Aquarius, and my sun is Gemini. So, I mean, you know, there's more there than I think. Yeah, it just takes time <laughs> to tap into that ability. Um, a lot of it we unlearned from our, you know, our childhood. We are all very psychic. And I think that we really lose that once we are, like, indoctrinated into the real world. So it's just about practice. It will come back to you. Well, I hope so, because... Ever, ever since that experience that I told you about earlier, I've had, I've had a lot mm -hmm. of trouble, like dreaming. I struggle. I, I sleep. I recharge, mm. but I don't dream. Uh, a sigil to recall dreams. It doesn't work. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, the dream, the dream realm isn't. You know. My strong suit, but um, good you know, news for I'll get you is that eventually. everybody dreams, even if you don't remember them. So it's just a matter of learning to remember them. Um, I can recommend you some meditations after this that will help you um, learn to train your brain to remember. That'd be amazing, like yeah. seriously amazing. Um, Okay, what is your favorite part of being a witch? Well, um, more importantly, a priestess. I love, let's see, there's so much that I like being, I think a big part is being able to channel the energy of the goddess. Um, a lot of people, I have recently shared my ritual gear that I wear when I work with um, the goddess, and it includes what is called a face veil. Uh, most people call it a face mask because of the pandemic, but it's not a face mask. It is specifically a, uh, it's shielding my face because when I do that kind of work, it's called a God form. You put on the energy of that God or goddess. And it's important to not have your face being shown because God's, the energy comes through your eyes. Um, and that's probably seeing the change when it gets recorded. I don't record my magical workings very often. Um, but when people see that change in my eyes and they see the change in my demeanor, like that is probably the coolest. Um, and the change in my voice, like literally embodying that ethereal spirit is beyond phenomenal. I can't imagine. I mean, I hope that one day, you know, when I actually start making money, that I could join 
the Patreon because, you know, broke teenager yeah. doesn't, can't do much. So one day, one day I'm telling you, I'm going oh, to join I look forward the to Patreon. It. Yes, I'm, manifest it. I'm manifesting it. <laughs> um, what is your opinion on angry Christians shoving their belief, shoving their beliefs down, you know, like baby witches, their throats? I feel bad for like, those people. Forcing them to. Honestly, like they, as someone who grew up in a Catholic and Christian household, you are taught that you are a warrior for God and they believe that they're doing the right thing. I mean, they really believe that they are saving souls from internal damnation and that kind of fear to live in that kind of fear has got to be so debilitating. Um, and like, do I get frustrated with them? Yeah, absolutely. It is hard. I tried making some videos for Christian witches and I stopped because of the amount of hate and I got a lot of problems where people were, were reporting my videos and I got banned for a while from live streaming. I was like, you know what? You can't fight with someone who is being irrational. Um, and so I pity them. I, I pity the pain. I pity the fact that they are, are stuck in this dogmatic mindset and that they are trapped um, and, and they've done it, unfortunately, a lot of them probably don't realize it because they were raised in it. It's really sad because I, like all of the other topics, I was, I was also there. I mean, my dad, we struggled with money during the pandemic. And even before that, we moved into like a little, it's not a flat, mm -hmm. but it's like a little apartment built in the back of, okay. you know, like a big house. It's like rather big. So, you know, and the people, my dad is also a Christian. Both of my parents are Christian and I don't understand where I fell out of the train, but you know, I did and I'm grateful for it. So the people my dad moved in with, they're, I want to change their names. So the lady's name will be Joe and the guy's name mm -hmm. will be Ryan. So um, as soon as we moved in there, I could tell that they were both like Christian, but Joe was a little less. So she doesn't, she doesn't go to church, but she still like prays and stuff. But this is where mm -hmm. the stereotype comes in. Okay. So they, they always involved me in, in their activities. So they took me to the movies, to restaurants, mm -hmm. to putt-putt, you know, all of the normal things while my dad like went off to work in the weekends. So um, when, one weekend we went to a water park and a, a bunch of their friends came with and my dad eventually joined us. So this, mm -hmm. I was atheist at, at the time. I've had a bunch of different paths. That I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. So, um, one of one of his friends was also atheist, and they had like three big slides for the different ages. Though they didn't monitor mm. the people that went on. I mean, according to their ages. So the one at the far right was the bigger one. It had a lot more twirls and hoops and things 
And I went down twice. I mean, they have those little mats oh, yeah. that you climb on in the water mm -hmm. and it makes it, you know, go faster. So I climbed on at the, you know, the far right one, the one meant, the one meant for adults. And um, it had like tunnels. So one section was closed and then a, a white part was open and then closed again. So on and off. So um, one of Ryan's friends came with and he went on, you know, the big one. And um, long story short, I mean, I'm still very sad to this day. He, on the tour, oh on the turns, he That's broke horrible. his neck and he drowned. That was, that was terrifying. And that was on mm -hmm. a Sunday. I had school the next day. I remember that day vividly. It was on October 7th, two years ago. It was, it was terrible. So he was a drug addict and I didn't know it. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. sure my dad knew it, you know, when it was still alive. And they, so Joe and Ryan met through mm -hmm. a drug deal. Okay. So keep in mind that they are Christians. They are supposed yeah. to not sin mm -hmm. according to, you know, their belief, which doesn't make sense yeah. because they all sin eventually. And every weekend, literally every weekend to up to the point we moved when we moved out like three months ago, they every weekend they would drink and they would do drugs. So, you know, I got lectured the one night. He was high off his mind and super drunk, but he's not violent. He's one mm -hmm. of the more mellow, you know, drunks, doesn't drink and very calm. So he lectured me. He's like, you know, for being bisexual, you're going to go to hell. And for practicing witchcraft, you're going to go even further. And, you know, I was like, okay, but you're lecturing me, even though you are currently doing drugs and drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're the one to lecture. <laughs> so it was a very, very strange experience. And I found out my dad did drugs with him once. And I caught him in the act. And I was like, I walked up to, I walked up to him and, he, uh, and I was like, it's me or the partying. Now, if you choose the partying, I'm going to write you off and you'll never see me again. And uh, I don't course. joke mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that, like ever. I'm very serious. So, you know, he stopped it and shortly after we moved out. So, I mean, obviously I'm important to my dad, but religion is also important to him. So I think that's that's what caused him to, you know, get better in a way. Well, well I'm glad that you were able to help wake him up from that. So, so was I. I mean... I I don't want to be around an environment where, you know, stuff like that is influencing my life and, you know, how I'm living it. And it was very toxic telling me a 15-year-old that I'm going to go to hell for liking boys and girls and for being different. You know, that it really puts a dampener in your world. And like to that's live. horrible. No one should ever say that. There's a really great Bible passage um, where Jesus wrote in the dirt. They were going to, um, a bunch of Jewish men were going to stone a woman. And he wrote all of their sins in the dirt. 
and the one who has not sinned shall be the first to throw the stone. And unfortunately, there's a lot of judgment that is perpetuated through Christianity, and that is through shame and guilt, neither of which are positive ways or of affirmations or learning. It's very detrimental, and I'm sorry you had to experience that. Thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> firstly, thank you for being so kind. I mean, you know, first time yeah. ever. I, you know, everyone deserves kindness. Um, that is true. Yeah, no, that really is. Um, 33 minutes in. So how long did you have um, at the beginning? I beg your pardon? You mean in my recording? Oh, so how long did you have, like, ugh, I don't know how to phrase this. What is the maximum amount of time that you were willing to spend? So yeah, I can do an hour. I can do another thirty minutes, and then I'll have to hop off. But I'm happy to stay for another thirty. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so I saw that you worked with Lord mm -hmm. Lucifer and Lady Lilith. So um, in Re Revelation. Revelation 5, verse, I don't remember. Crap, I forgot to bring my Bible with me. It's, it's Revelations, it's, it's close to the ending. I think it's verse 5, Revelations mm -hmm. 5, verse 17. They, someone, I, th I think it was Abraham, I don't know. Someone was speaking about a woman bearing a strange name on her forehead Something about mystery, oh, the, Babylon, the, the great yeah. mother mm -hmm. of prostitutes. That's the one. So who do you think they're, they're so referring to? So when the Bible was written to? in particular, they're referring to the whole book of Revelations is written in code during the era of Emperor Nero during the fall of the Roman Empire. And when they're referring to the whore of Babylon, they're referring back to an ancient time where there were something called sacred prostitutes that would uh, adorn the temples of Ishtar. And this was frowned upon because sex is something that in Christianity is very, you don't talk about it. It's used only for procreation. When we, So when it's written in this way, yeah. um, the author, John, who is not the author of the Gospel of John, uh, seems to really be referring to the deception um, of the pagan beliefs. Um, and in this particular case, it seems that he is referring to Ishtar, which is the goddess who would later become the Greek form Aphrodite. Oh, the video you made, that makes, yep. that makes, more, that makes a lot more sense now. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, so when I first started my research in the mm -hmm. occult, I was I was pretty young. So, well, not pretty young. I'm talking like four or five years ago. I was like 10 or 11. And, you know, my parents made the mistake of getting me a smartphone with Google. So when I first learned about, well, Let's say oh, I watched okay. The Conjuring. 
I am a freak for horror movies. Like, I can watch them alone at night and sleep like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So when I first Googled, you know, like Annabelle, I was young, stupid, wanted to learn more. And I didn't listen to my parents when they said stay away, you know, as kids do. So I was Googling Annabelle and then I found the, the museum, the Warren Museum. And then after doing some more digging, I learned about oh, the Codex Gigas. Codex Gigas. You know yeah. what that is? I cannot tell you how, how interesting I find that. Like, <laughs> I would do anything to fly to Rome and to go, you know, page through it. Well, yeah, but, you it's, know, a, it's I can't. incredibly, um, it's hard to get to because of how old it is. So you don't want the, the book to crumble in your hands. Um, so the Codex Gigas is one of those really interesting stories that um, took on a life of its own. So when you look, um, the story for those of who are not familiar, there was a man, I believe his name was Herman the Monk, and he got in trouble at the monastery um, and was going to be punished. And the, uh, the head of the, I'm not sure what the, the brotherhood uh, told him that he would be spared if he could write the entire history of the world in one night. And of course this seemed to be impossible. Um, so <laughs> he decided to call upon the devil to help him do such a thing. And why this book uh, is called the Codex Gigas is referring to the giant picture uh, illustration of the devil. Um, and this is historically people believe that Herman did this in order to um, to remind people of the evil that they are fighting against. I think that the legend is a lot of fun, but I don't think it's as I think it's one of those things that really got uh, mixed up um, and, and just as a fun tale. Um, so it seems to, according to historians, I've done quite a lot of research um, on this specifically. And it seems that this book probably took somewhere between 30-ish years to write and, like, constant work. Um, Herman was known as the hermit for a reason. He really didn't do um, anything else except write this book, um, which is a a very interesting combination of not just the Bible, but also includes, like, some spells as well. But nothing satanic or evil, but rather, um, like, protection spells so it's a uh, it really caught the memory of humanity because of that really terrifying photo um or i should say illustration it's not a photo i you know what i hate most the most the absolute most the misconception about that that is the way the devil looks and the the mm-hmm. horned god you know the horned one can it irritates me so much that that the judeo christian the judeo christians would take a rather sacred being and turn it into something the complete opposite just to scare people into believing in a religion that 
in my opinion, mm -hmm. makes very, yeah. very little sense. It is sense. very frustrating. Um, I think that Lord Lucifer also finds it very frustrating. <laughs> Next question. So some people, and by some people, I mean me, I find Lucifer very interesting. And I believe that in some time down my practice, I would like to work with him. What? Would your advice be to you know gently start like sliding um, into his dms well the first thing is you need to have a purpose with him like what are you looking to learn from him um he's very funny he's um but strict right he doesn't take bullshit. if you you need to be consistent with your work with him you need to know what kind of offerings and you can find all this kind of research on your own but more importantly like he he's very kind may not be the right word but he has a great love for humanity he is really looking for um i i believe personally he probably had a great hand in helping create humans because um and he's known as the light bearer or the morning star which correlates to the greek myth of prometheus who was punished by the gods for giving humans fire and i think we also see that in um, the book of Adam in or the book of the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve and the tree of knowledge. The tree of knowledge is known as the Clithoff, which is the opposite of the Kabbalah. Um, it's the shadow side. And I think oh, yeah. that him offering people to be more than just slaves or, or mindless zombies to to whatever gods was a great gift that he suffered greatly for to give us. Um, and that's, you know, it's hard for a lot of people to swallow that our, our knowledge and our belief um, in, in education, uh, our learning comes from, quote, Satanism. And that's not true. Satanism is like it's totally its own different thing. In fact, it, you would be very hard pressed to find Lucifer in the Bible. In fact, a lot of our understanding of Lucifer really didn't come around until uh, the book called Paradise Lost written by John Milton in the 1800s. So it's very interesting. It really, it really is. When literally, when I try to explain to my father about what I do, he's like, "Nope, mm -mm. you can keep that in your brain, because I don't want put, I don't want demons in my house." That is literally something he said. Yeah, and you know, I chuckled. <laughs> I chuckled. Um, so when I was doing some thinking on a page called witchy quotes on Instagram, I follow them. Um, it is run by a Hindu witch in, well, India, obviously. And she posted a meme a while back saying that Adam, if, if Eve was really made from Adam's DNA, Adam would bear male genes, which means if something was directly shaped from his DNA. Sorry, I had a phone call coming in. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> That's fine. I just nearly got a heart attack, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so if something is being directly shaped from male genes, wouldn't you know the offspring be male as well? So when you think about it, it really is Adam and it's Steve instead of Adam and Eve. Absolutely. Um, and that also makes me think if 
Eve was directly made from Adam's DNA, doesn't that mean that Eve would technically be Adam's daughter? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I have the, the history enough to speak on this. The book of Genesis was actually cut in half. There's another a missing part of it that comes from, um, and it, it's really hard to decipher, but I think that your theory is really interesting and you should continue to research more into it. I plan on it, but now, earlier when we spoke about the Codex Gigas, I did some research and I found about the Codex Vaticanus yes. in, you know, the Vatican in Rome. Do you think, because people think that that is the original manuscript of the Bible, you know, the Roman Bible. So do you think that the other half of the book of Genesis would be located in no, the Bible? No, I don't. So the when the... Uh... So it's called the Council of Nicaea, which is in modern day Turkey, where they comprised the, the Bible as we know it today. Hundreds of books were left out. I mean, hundreds of books. And you can actually find them. I believe it's, let me get the right website. It's called lostbooks.org. Is this right? I think that's okay. Writing that down. Let me double check that because I know you can find them because I've read them. There's a lot of really interesting books that you can find um, that were left out of the Bible. It is just you just have to do the work and, and find exactly what you're looking for. Um, I mean, like there are a bunch of my personal favorite books that were not put into the Bible are the childhood narratives of Jesus, where Jesus was kind of a dick. Um, he killed a child and brought him back to life. Like, <laughs> like they, the Bible itself is very specifically coded um, to, to play a certain narrative that uh, normalizes heteronormativity. It puts the patriarchy at the forefront. And most importantly, it, uh, it really, it, it puts into practice in trying to tie two religions together that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. But um, I think that like, when, if you're looking for the lost gospels, a good one to read is the lost gospel of Thomas and the lost gospel of Marilyn, Marilyn, Mary Magdalene is also very interesting. <laughs> I feel like you're about to say the Gosh, lost gospel I of wish. Marilyn Monroe. I would read it too. <laughs> I would I mean, read that. I definitely look for lost books of the Bible. You will find <laughs> there's so much that wasn't, again, all of these books, none of them are invalid. They were just not chosen by the church to be in the canon of the Bible because it was easier for them to build a religion off of this stuff that all made sense when put together. That, I am going to make you a promise that I'm going to read that, but, um, Oh, yes. Your opinion on the Book of Enoch. What it states, I mean, I haven't done extensive research as I said, as I promised myself I would, which I'm still going to do, by the way, which I need to do. So what do you think about the Book of Enoch? In There's so much in that book. Everything. I mean, all, all, at the base of it, the Book of Enoch is an apocalyptic text where it really talks about the origins of demons and giants and why the angels fell from heaven um, and an explanation of the, the flood, the great flood that was brought there. Um, the Book of Enoch, yeah, it's really, really oh, cool. I, I think that yeah. personally, the reason that it was taken out of the Bible is due to the fact 
that it was written um, a little bit later than um, most of the other books of the Bible, and that it was more Gnostic or um, mystical than the Christian church really wanted to, to really go for. So that's why there was like so many debates for the last thousand years, like, is Jesus divine? Is Jesus man? So that was a huge fight within the church for a long time. So it doesn't surprise me that something as interesting as the book of Enoch was taken out just to save face and, and keep, keep things simple, more or less. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the few things I do know about the book of Enoch mm-hmm. is the Nephilim. Okay. So we know that angels had made babies mm-hmm. with female women. So which in turn made, Correct. you know, the, the Nephilim, the giants. So, you know, when reading, I was like, okay, so Nephilim are giants that eat humans. How did the woman give birth to a giant and did the giant eat question. the woman after? I think that a lot of this stuff, um, especially when you come to a religious text, it's remember that we, we should not take these things literally. I think that that's been a big push um, in Christianity to take things literally. But a lot of stuff like this is written in code. So understanding that, like, were there giant people? It's very possible. That would explain, like, how we move giant rocks. But um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, like, we just don't have enough information to really understand, like, when are these giants literal giants? Are these 12-foot tall people? Are they, like, because I remember in the book they say that they are, like, 3,000 L's tall. Well, L's um, is 18 inches or 45 centimeters, which makes them almost like a mile tall. Like, is that even possible? Have we ever found any recorded history of finding bones like this? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, But these stories were written in a time um, just like we do now, like television. I don't think all of it should be taken literally. And if there were crazy cool giants, like that is a time that I would have liked to have seen. (laughs) Me too, but um, you know, other than the fact that we would have just, been yeah. burned for, you know, <laughs> yeah, that probably would not have <laughs> not been leaving. Um, one of the few, one of the few things I take pride in is the fact that I would have been burned the second I opened my, yeah, the second yeah, I would have opened my mouth. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Uh, you know. I will let you go at 55 minutes, which gives us four minutes to cover like two more topics. Okay, so a while back you spoke about um, hexing celebrities and you spoke about protection that we don't know about. And you said you have personal experience. Would you mind telling us more about that? I had to do a lot of stuff to undo this problem. So there's something called an egregore. An egregore is an occult concept that is a non-physical entity that arises from a collective group of people or thoughts. So in this idea, um, most celebrities have an egregore or they have like uh, what we understand them to be. It's not who they really are. That is their public persona. So that being said, there are also, um, in my experience, that many gods will choose 
certain celebrities to fulfill certain tasks for them. Whether or not they're in on it, I don't know. Probably most are not. <sighs> so I decided that I was like, gonna heck this celebrity because LOL. And this person was deeply annoying me. And it backfired significantly. <laughs> sending multiple attacks to me and of course like the celebrity has no idea um this was all based on the goddess that she uh owns her head basically and i was like okay so what i had to do then which was incredibly complicated i had to make a substantial offering um, because I pissed off an Orisha, which is um, part of the African traditional religions. Um, and I got that verified through um, another TikToker named Afro Spiritual, who I am good friends with. And so I had to like make this incredibly intense offering. It was something like nine eggplants. And then I had to cook like a specific kind of soup. I had to go to a cemetery, apologize, and like make a basically a truce to end a spiritual war that I started and I didn't mean to. Um, I had to swear that like I would never hurt the celebrity physically or astrally or spiritually ever again. And that um, if they accepted this offer, like I would, I would not mess with that anymore. Um, and it was accepted, but you know, there's still, there are still residual effects from that. And uh, you don't know, like, again, the public persona that we experience of, Celebrities is only one part of who they are. There's so much going on beneath the surface. No, I don't think there's some giant cabal. I don't believe in the Illuminati. But I do believe that people who are famous are famous for a reason, generally because a deity, entity, or spirit has something to say through them. And it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that is more than my 15-year-old brain. Yeah. It could sucks. even imagine really <laughs> like I would think so having to um having to cook for a spirit nope. who's probably not even going to eat it is um yeah well you go into a cemetery and leave nine eggplants a soup and like an offering like you look crazy <laughs> oh. The night watch must have given you um, oh, a very, dude, very bad stink day, eye. Because, like, it's in Los Angeles, it's not easy to get into cemeteries at night because of, like, you know, stuff. So, ooh, it was it was strange. Um, but, you know, thankfully, everyone in Los Angeles is pretty accepting. And if they removed it, that's on them. They have to deal with the spirit, not me. <laughs> very, very nice. Okay. Last question. And this one is going to be... A Fairly quick one. What does the priestess do behind the camera on your off time? What do you watch on Netflix so or my stream time, on Spotify? Um, I I watch a lot of true crime documentaries. I am very interested in human psychology and particularly abnormal psychology because I think that there's an imbalance um, in the spirit as well as in the physical body that I'm incredibly interested in. And the deception and manipulation that people often tie to demonic entities doesn't come from the demons. It comes from humanity. Evil in this world is perpetuated by human choices. The devil is not making Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos have $3 trillion and then because of that we have poverty. 
No, Jeff Bezos is the one who is taking all of that money and not feeding or helping feed starving children. I also think that, for example, oh my gosh, this could get me in trouble, but Donald Trump, for example, like that person is evil on his own volition. Does that, now that being said, yes, there can be influences, um, like negative spirits or negative parasites that attach to someone to help them make bad decisions. But that being said, I don't come to the the idea that like the world is being controlled by like satanic groups or whatever so i spend a lot of time trying to like educate myself on that and debunk that theory um and i spend a lot of time reading a lot of time reading and researching because i'm constantly i'm constantly learning and that's mostly like what i really enjoy doing is learning i spend a lot of time with my cat um and my cat doesn't love that but you know <laughs> Uh, well, you know, not all familiars yeah. love yeah, their partners, so, you know. But I love him. Um, <laughs> let's see, what else do I Sounds do? Like I mean, that's, I, a lot of the time, I love shopping. Uh, I spend a lot of time thrifting clothes. Um, I, because of COVID-19, I've had to do it mostly through the internet, um, but which has been a, a great experience. And selling clothes online, um, it, I love, again, I just love the way that one can express themselves through clothing. Um, so I do. A great it's been a great experience. Or a unique experience. I, I have, I know my body very well. I know my sizes. I know what brands I like. So I do a pretty good job of buying um, the clothes that I want. And if I don't, or they don't fit correctly, I have a friend who is a seamstress who will help me tailor them. But that's why so many people are always like, where do you get your clothes? Um, somewhere online, probably through Poshmark and no, you probably can't buy a replica because <laughs> this has probably been out of, you know, out of production for two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to greet you and I'm gonna say again, what an amazing experience this was actually getting to talk to you one-on-one -on -one and having you share your experience with you know, all of my well, 52 listeners, I really listeners, appreciate you, you know, me on. Yeah. you know, I, it's one step we'll at a there. time. I hope that, you know, my presence boosts your views and your subscribers because you're a great person to talk to and you have a lot of ambition. So thanks for reaching out. Um, okay. So as I usually end the episode by saying, I still don't know how to end the damn thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I usually say bye and then end it abruptly. So, um, Again, thank you for being so kind and, you know, being you, be making videos and inspiring others like me. And thank you for your kind words and sharing You're your so opinions. Welcome. I hope you have a so. wonderful day. And to all your listeners, I hope you have a wonderful day, too. You can follow me on TikTok at Pythian Priestess or Instagram at Pythian Priestess. You can also check out my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Pythian Mystery School. I will put your links so, in the description of this episode. Thank you. So thank no you, worries. Trayvon. People will really find you. Wonderful chatting with you. Uh, same to you. So um, I'm going to say goodnight, guys, and right. I will catch.